preface of the ghost ship and other stories this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by nemo the ghost ship and other stories by richard middleton preface by arthur mockin the other day i said to a friend i have just been reading in proof a volume of short stories by an author named richard middleton he is dead it is an extraordinary book and all the work in it is full of a quite curious and distinctive quality in my opinion it is very fine work indeed it would be simple if the business of the introducer or preface writer were limited to such a straightforward honest and direct expression of opinion unfortunately that is not so for most of us the happier ones of the world it is enough to say i like it or i don't like it and there is an end the critic has to answer the everlasting why and so i suppose it is my office in this present instance to say why i like the collection of tales that follows i think that i have found a hint as to the right answer in two of these stories one is called the story of a book the other the biography of a superman each is rather an essay than a tale though the form of each is narrative the first relates the sad bewilderment of a successful novelist who feels that after all his great work was something less than nothing he could not help noticing that london had discovered the secret which made his intellectual life a torment the streets were more than a mere assemblage of houses london herself was more than a tangled skein of streets and overhead heaven was more than a meeting-place of individual stars what was the secret that made words into a book houses into cities and restless immeasurable stars into an unchanging and immeasurable universe then from the biography of a superman i select this very striking passage possessed of an intellect of great analytic and destructive force he was almost entirely lacking in imagination and he was therefore unable to raise his work to a plane in which the mutually combative elements of his nature might have been reconciled his light moments of envy anger and vanity passed into the crucible to come forth unchanged he lacked the magic wand and his work never took wings above his conception now compare the two places the streets were more than a mere assemblage of houses his light moments passed into the crucible to come forth unchanged he lacked the magic wand i think these two passages indicate the answer to the why that i am forced to resolve show something of the secret of the strange charm which the ghost ship possesses it delights because it is significant because it is no mere assemblage of words and facts and observations and incidents it delights because its matter has not passed through the crucible unchanged on the contrary the jumble of experiences and impressions which fell to the lot of the author as to us all had assuredly been placed in the athenor of art 
and that furnace of the sages which is said to be governed with wisdom lead entered the burning of the fire gold came forth from it this analogy of the process of alchemy which richard middleton has himself suggested is one of the finest and the fittest for our purpose but there are many others the magic wand analogy comes to much the same thing there is like the notion of something ugly and insignificant changed to something beautiful and significant something ugly shall we not say rather something formless transmuted into form after all the latin dictionary declares solemnly that beauty is one of the meanings of forma and here we are away from alchemy and the magic wand ideas and pass to the thought of the first place that i have quoted the streets were more than a mere assemblage of houses the puzzle is solved the jigsaw i think they call it has been successfully fitted together there in a box lay all the jagged irregular pieces each in itself crazy and meaningless and irritating by its very lack of meaning now we see each part adapted to the other and the whole is one picture and one purpose but the first thing necessary to this achievement is the recognition of the fact that there is a puzzle there are many people who go through life persuaded that there isn't a puzzle at all that it was only the infancy and rude childhood of the world which dreamed a vain dream of a picture being made out of the jagged bits of wood there never has been a picture these persons say and there never will be a picture all we have to do is take the bits out of the box look at them and put them back again or returning to richard middleton's excellent example there is no such thing as london there are only houses no man has seen london at any time the very word meaning the fort on the lake is nonsensical no human eye has ever beheld aught else but a number of houses it is clear that this london is as mythical and monstrous and irrational a concept as many others of the same class well people who talk like that are doubtless sent into the world for some useful but mysterious process but they can't write real books richard middleton knew that there was a puzzle in other words that the universe is a great mystery and this consciousness of his is the source of the charm of the ghost ship i have compared this orthodox view of life and the universe and the fine art that results from this view to the solving of a puzzle but the analogy is not an absolutely perfect one for if you buy a jigsaw in a box in the haymarket you take it home with you and begin to put the pieces together and sooner or later the toil is over and the difficulties are overcome the picture is clear before you yes the toil is over but so is the fun it is but poor sport to do the trick all over again and here is the vast inferiority of the things they sell in the shops to the universe our great puzzle is never perfectly solved we come across marvelous hints we join line to line and our hearts beat with a rapture of a great surmise we follow a certain track and know by sure signs and signals 
that we are not mistaken that we are on the right road we are furnished with certain charts which tell us here there be water pools here is a waste place here a high hill riseth and we find as we journey that so it is but happily by the very nature of the case we can never put the whole of the picture together we can never recover the perfect utterance of the lost word we can never say here is the end of all the journey man is so made that all his true delight arises from the contemplation of mystery and save by his own frantic and invincible folly mystery is never taken from him it rises within his soul a well of joy unending hence it is that the consciousness of this mystery resolved into the form of art expresses itself usually or always by symbols by the part put for the whole now and then as in the case of dante as it was with the great romance cycle of the holy grail we have a sense of completeness with the vision of the angelic rose and the sentence concerning that love which moves the sun and the other stars there is the shadow of a catholic survey of all things and so in a less degree it is as we read of the translation of galahad still the rose and the grau are but symbols of the eternal verities not those verities themselves in their essences and in these later days when we have become clever with the cleverness of the performing pig it is a great thing to find the most obscure and broken indications of the things which really are there is the true enchantment of true romance in the don quixote for those who can understand but it is delivered in the mode of parody and burlesque and so it is with the extraordinary fantasy the ghost ship which gives its name to this collection of tales take this story to bits as it were analyze it you will be astonished at its frantic absurdity the ghostly galleon blown in by a great tempest to a turnip patch in fairfield a little village lying near the portsmouth road about halfway between london and the sea the farmer grumbling at the loss of so many turnips the captain of the weird vessel acknowledging the justice of the claim and tossing a great gold brooch to the landlord by way of satisfying the debt the deplorable fact that all the decent village ghosts learned to riot with captain bartholomew roberts the visit of the parson and his godly admonitions to the captain on the evil work he was doing mere craziness you will say yes but the strange thing is that as in spite of all jocko's tricks and low comedy misadventures don quixote departs from us with a great light shining upon him so this ghost ship of richard middleton's somehow or other sails and anchors and resails in an unearthly glow and captain bartholomew's rum that was like hot oil and honey and fire in the veins of the mortals who drank of it has become for me one of the nobilum pocalorum of story and thus did the ship put forth from the village and sail away in a great tempest of wind to what unimaginable seas of the spirit the wind that had been howling outside like an outrageous dog 
had all of a sudden turned as melodious as the carol boys of a christmas eve we went to the door and the wind burst it open so that the handle was driven clean into the plaster of the wall but we didn't think much of that at the time for over our heads sailing very comfortably through the windy stars was the ship that had passed the summer in landlord's field her portholes and her bay window were blazing with lights and there was a noise of singing and fiddling on her decks he's gone shouted landlord above the storm and he's taken half the village with him i could only nod in answer not having lungs like bellows of leather i declare i would not exchange this short crazy enchanting fantasy for a whole wilderness of seemly novels proclaiming in decorous accents the undoubted truth that there are milestones on the portsmouth road arthur machen end of preface